insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode 140, Blueskin and brains. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my creative and inspiring co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. How you doing today, sweetheart? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing all right myself. Uh, this is our second shot at this one here. We uh, <laughs> we started it uh, last week. We, not last week, no. week of the week. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was almost week two weeks before. ago. Uh, we started it. We got through segment one, and and which was awesome. Yeah, we it did went such well, a great so job. Hopefully, we'll do just as well this time. But we ran into some technical difficulties after that. I uh, I inadvertently tugged on a wire I shouldn't have, and zigged when you should have zagged. Lost power to our our sound system. So yeah, uh, we're back now. Everything seems to check out, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it another run through. Uh, so if you didn't watch us live because we never posted what we did but we were right. live last recording uh if you didn't watch us last time we're going to talk about in our tales from the edge of the galaxy uh what's brewing in the rumor mill about a possible upcoming disney plus movie then in our entertainment news we're going to focus on uh, a new walking dead series that's kind of got us scratching our heads a bit and then we'll be introducing a new convention recap segment we'll have from time to time where this week we'll talk about our experience at ZoloCon before we finish up with some upcoming conventions and afterthoughts. But before we do that, though, I would, uh, uh, what am I doing here? You would like to beg, borrow, and not steal? Not steal, that would be no. Me. I would like to invite. That's it. You want to invite people. I would like to invite our listening and viewing audience to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can find us listed as Insights into Entertainment for our audio only and Insights into Things for video and audio. We do we do publish both under that uh, moniker now. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can get a podcast these days. I would also invite you to write in, give us your feedback, give us your shows you'd like us to plug uh, during our Afterthoughts segment. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash insights underscore things. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast, as well as Instagram at instagram.com slash insights into things. We can get links to all that and much more on our official website at www.insightsintothings.com. Are we ready? Let's do it. Again. So, there's a possibility that we have a classic Star Wars novel being developed and adapted into a Disney Plus movie. So, Disney may be greedy, they may be selfish, they may treat their cast members like dirt, they may treat their fans like sheep to be sheared at an uncomfortable rate, but one thing Disney isn't is stupid. Disney knows a gold mine when they see it. Disney also knows when to fix mistakes they've made, usually. Though the jury's still out on the Bob Chappick mistake they haven't fixed yet. So rumors abound that Disney's first full-length feature film on Disney Plus might very well be their attempt to correct the ship and fix a major mistake they made with the Star Wars franchise. Now we've talked about the genius of Timothy Zahn, or at least I have, and his Thrawn trilogy many times on this podcast. So it's what should legitimately have been 
the proper sequel to the original Star Wars trilogy instead of that hot mess of disjointed jumble of plots and misused, underdeveloped characters in Episode 7, 8, and 9. That was really my best attempt to write as many insults about the, the I could tell. as possible. I, I, I could definitely see that. I struggled there. Mm-hmm. It's also the biggest crime against Star Wars that Disney perpetrated when it relegated the compelling story <clears throat> and dynamic characters to the realm of legends in one fell swoop by declaring all expanded universe content non-canon. Disney realized how much of a cash cow these novels, or at least the characters in them, were, and have been working, that, working to correct their mistake. A series of Thrawn books have come out under Disney, though not the same story as that presented in Zahn's original trilogy. Thrawn has also appeared in comics as well as in animated series such as Rebels. When references to Thrawn-based stories were dropped in The Mandalorian, and Thrawn was actually name-dropped in the Ahsoka episode, hope sprang anew that we'd see our favorite blue-skinned villain on the silver screen. Now let's not get ahead of ourselves. Disney's already decided to back off the over-milking of the proverbial Star Wars cow in theaters after they saturated the market with their peculiarly disconnected set of unnecessary storylines. Solo, a Star, a Star Wars movie, what should have never been made, failed to wow the audiences. And of course, going out of your way to cast someone in the iconic role of Han Solo who had absolutely no resemblance to the original actor didn't help but squeezing years of expanded universe backstories into the beloved uh, smuggler of the beloved smuggler into just a few days and trying to pass it off as genuine didn't help either. There was even criticism about Rogue One's performance at the box office. I don't know how greedy uh, Disney is to label Rogue One a, a failure financially because it pulled in like $383 million or something like that. But the movie itself was brilliant and a refreshing return to the Star Wars I knew from my youth. <clears throat> Regardless, oh, and come on, short of an animated series appearance, you've never seen Vader so badass as you did in the hallway scene. Regardless of how successful the fans might or might not think these movies were, Disney decided to focus on the small screen rather than their Disney Plus offerings. While they managed to strike gold with Mandalorian and the Book of Everyone but Boba, well, the book of Boba kind of sucked up until it became Mandalorian Season 2.5. Uh, we're eagerly awaiting Andor, uh, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan. Uh, and I think the bartender for Freetown is due next for his own <laughs> spinoff, but I'm not sure. Anyway, all these storylines, uh, uh, all, all of these storylines soon roll out on Disney+. And there's a real danger that you might be milking this venue for more than they deserve at this point. Let me stop there just for a second and ask you, what do you, th what do you think the direction of the Disney movies, the Disney Plus series are with Star Wars is going? Do you think it's too much? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's filling the gap that it was trying to fill with the movies. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about before is, you know, Star Wars back in the day, you waited years between one movie and another. Um, you know, and it really wasn't until recently that there was something to look forward to year after year. Same thing even with Marvel. You know, with, with Marvel, you kind of had that first movie, then there wasn't anything, then they kind of brought something else. And then now the fans have gotten to the point where they're impatient really is right. what it comes down to. So you get to the point where you saturate the, the market so much. Now everybody kind of expects it. So then when you kind of back off, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because does your fan base just kind of move on and say, well, you didn't give me anything, so I didn't, you know, I went and started watching something else. So maybe that's what they're trying to do by utilizing Disney Plus is, all right, so we're not going to put out a full length movie, but we're going to give you this little spinoff. And, you know, some of them, we know it's only going to be one season and you figure the one season is longer than any movie we would have 
put out so we can kind of give you this little storyline and fill in this little blank and oh hey here's another little story that you know, of a character we kind of touched on once before oh we'll give him a little story so it would be nice to see because again i only know star wars from what i've seen in the movies i'm and i admit i am not the star wars fan that knows everything and and anything you know where you are that uber fan because you've read the novels you've read the comics you know pretty much all the characters and all the planets and know that there's so much more story out there and there are fans that are like you but there's also fans like me who you have to make it somewhat appealing to to me as well so i could see them doing these little things to kind of throw like hey, you might not know this person's story, but this person once ran into this person who you do know and maybe bring us along, you know, to sure. to to join in for the rest of the party. Whereas everybody that's the Uber fan, they're like, yeah, I this is what I want to see. Because you've talked about Timothy Zahn for as long as I've known you. <laughs> Um, or as long as the, the books have been around, I don't know which came first, you, you know, me or me or him. Uh, Zon came before you. Okay. So Zon, all right, that's fine. So this is something, uh, you know, you're not alone in, in that, that, you know, and again, when Disney acquired Star Wars and went, oh, all this stuff, you thought you were going to get a movie or something about, nope, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, and I think I think the problem that we have when we try to compare Disney to Marvel is even if you look at the movies. So when you look at the Marvel movies, you know, really the, the Marvel franchise, Marvel Cinematic Universe started with they want to they want you to think it started with Hulk, but it didn't. It really started with Iron Man. But every movie that came out came out with the intent of getting to a larger story. So every movie that came out in the series contributed something to that, even though it, it kind of got muddied at some point. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Star Wars movies themselves that Disney has put out, they establish, so they, they basically wipe out everything in Disney history after Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. They put a new footnote or, or a new uh, waypoint in the timeline here at 35 years after Jedi but they fail to give you the backstory. Right. So then after the trilogy comes out, the sequel trilogy comes out, what movies do you get? You get Rogue One, which goes back mm -hmm. to prior to New Hope that adds absolutely nothing to that time period from Jedi to Force Awakens. Right. You get Solo, a Star Wars story. Again, a completely standalone movie that added nothing to that environment. Right. Now you're getting series. Now, I don't know if the Marvel series on Disney Plus are really going to work out because there were some, I don't know, questionable storytelling that happened in the Disney Plus series that we've seen. But, you know, we'll see how that works out in the movies. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt considering the success they've seen already. But with Star Wars, you've got the Mandalorian that's going in that direction. So it's five years after mm -hmm. Jedi. Okay, so we're starting down that path. Mm -hmm. The Book of Everyone But Boba comes out. Same time period. Right. You're going to get an Andor series, which clearly has to back. happen before right. a, uh, a New Hope. <laughs> right. So you're going back there. Then you're going to get an Obi-Wan series that, again, goes, goes back, back, has to happen before a New Hope. Right. Then you're going to get Ahsoka. Which happens after. Which we assume happens after. True. We don't know what time period it actually right. happens That's in That's true. So it could be, well, no, because they've... There have been rumors that Christian Haydenson is going to be in, do something as... Hayden Christensen. What did I say? Christian Haydenson. Oh, did I... <laughs> Yes. There's going to... What I expect Ahsoka to be is what the first three episodes of Boba Mandalore. Fett. It's all going to be flashbacks. Right. So you're going to have a whole bunch of flashbacks to try to tell the end story there. Okay. But... Again, you're all over the place here. Mm -hmm. So we've got potentially two series that are coming out with, well, you've got Mandalorian, Book of Boba, I doubt they're going to do much more with. And then you've got Ahsoka, 
that are trying to take that story on. But why are you still going back and telling story of, stories of characters that we don't need to know about? Right, right. And that's the concern that I have. However, the rumors that we have now say that Disney Plus might be putting a movie together. Uh, it might be a collection of half-truths, wishful thinking, or Disney focus groups trying to feel out the fans. However, if they're remotely accurate, then the, there's a reason for Thrawn fans everywhere to get excited. The current rumor mill suggests that Disney is taking a page from the Kevin Feige playbook. With all the irons in the fire, Disney may be moving all these disparate stories toward a unified conclusion in the form of this movie. That movie, if Giant Freaking Robot is to be believed, is based on Zahn's novel, Heir to the Empire, the first in the Thrawn trilogy. It's even rumored that Lars Mikkelsen is the leading candidate to play the blue-skinned, red-eyed uh, art aficionado himself. Now, Mikkelsen also played Throne in the animated series, so that lends some credence to it. And just a side note, he also happens to be the brother of none other than Rogue One actor Mads Mikkelsen, who played Jyn Erso's father, Galen Erso. So there's a lot of connections here. There's some problems with the idea, and we talked about some of these already. Not all the series can be tied back to Thrawn. Andor obviously can't. Obi-Wan can't. Ahsoka obviously can, and the Mandalorian can. So you're kind of dealing with half of the stuff that's in the lineup right now contributing to this. I'm not sure it's enough story to bring together in an Avenger-style you know, finale in this movie. Uh, but then again, the streaming it's a streaming platform, so it's not the big screen. So the expectations aren't as high, I guess. The other thing to note is at the end of Rebels, the fate of Thrawn is technically unknown. They, they have this confrontation with uh, Ezra and the space whales, and they go off into hyperspace, and you don't know what happens to them. So we can assume from the appearance in Ahsoka that he exists because she mentions him. So that's contemporary to the Mandalorian time frame. Um, but his departure there kind of fits into the departure the way that the novels work because he was sent off on some secret mission by the Emperor, which explained why he wasn't around uh, when the Rebels won. So there's that disconnect that happens there that, that kind of fits in well. Um, so I have to ask the question, and before I go into my spiel here, let me ask you, does Star Wars really need to model Avengers? Well, it's not like it's a bad formula to to follow, I guess, if you look at how well Marvel has, has done with the movies and, and the streaming shows and so but it's it's different and I think that kind of goes back to what I said before. Star Wars was always the once every five to ten year Right. time frame and now you have marvel where there's something every year but it might not be related to each other you have uh, uh iron man one well between iron man one and iron man two what came out you know in between so you kind of have all these pieces that eventually flow together you can go back and, and watch the timeline in the correct order. So it almost seems like that's what Star Wars is trying to maybe make up now, but doing it on the streaming because they seem to have more success in the streaming area these days than, you know, because obviously we know the last three, you know, trilogy movies did well in the box office. They didn't bomb. But well, with it's Star Wars, you can't. Right, you, you know you're gonna make. Right, exactly. You know you're gonna make money, but you had a lot of fans that kind of went, huh? And but then again, if you go back to you know the original idea, and when you you know look at what George Lucas has said time and time again, he was making the movies for kids. They weren't movies for adults. So as long as kids liked it. Great, but the 40-year-old kid, you know, who saw the first movies at 10, I still want right, that, right. you know, uh, and so that I have a more sophisticated palette now. I've watched those when I was 10. I got hooked. 
I've now right. evolved myself into someone who's more discriminating in my taste, want a more sophisticated plot, certainly want better dialogue than what George Lucas can write. I mean, that was atrocious. But right. I want something that's a little bit more complicated Right, so you kind of want Star Wars, you know, 3.0, not even 2.0. Right, right. You know, you want, and I think that's what they're trying to do with the streaming stuff is to kind of give you that more... Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's not coming to me. You know, the, the not better quality, but that next step up well, and from they, they a kid's movie, this, I guess. They take this approach <clears throat> with the novels. So they have three different levels of novels. So you have the right, kids' true, novels, true. you have the young adult novels, mm -hmm. and then you have the big boy novels. Right. So they do that with the novels. Big kid novels. Big kid novels. Girls read books too, you know. Yes, I know. Just saying. Yes, I know. Let's okay. not turn this into a political debate. So they do it at the novel level. Right. And I could totally see doing that from a television series level. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's difficult to do that at the at the box office level, at the right. premiere movie level. Right. The premiere movie level needs to be the... Big kids. It does, but it has to be the big kids that everyone can, like you said... It's not just for the diehards. Right. It's everybody, it's, it has to be the it's mainstream. The, right. It has to be the, the middle, the middle of the road yes. where you get the young adults that want to see it, you get the parents that want to see it, and you get the kids that are excited right. to go and see it, and that you make enough collectibles from it that the kids want to play, and the older kids that have the disposable income can buy the really expensive version of whatever toy. That $600 Vader I want. Exactly. So that's where right. you need it to but you can do all three flavors absolutely in tv on disney well Plus. and and that's the thing that's you know so great with pixar movies you know not to bring another you know brand in but you know pixar for the longest time you know would put out a movie and there would be the jokes that the little kids wouldn't get exactly. but the, yeah. the it was we put that in there for mom and dad was, or whoever went to go effect. Right. You know, the kids watched the Muppets, the parents watched them with the kids, but you had those those high-level jokes that were meant for the parents right. to keep the parents entertained. Right, and that's what you need to do with the Star Wars stuff. Put some cute little sidekick in so that the kids are like, oh, that's so cute. And then you have some, you know, storyline up top that isn't going to make the kids feel uncomfortable, but the adults right. know so, what's going on. So to peel all of this back, I'm going to throw some speculation out there okay. that I think this is leading to. And I think that is if they decide to go the route of doing Heir to the Empire, I think this is their attempt to reinvigorate and reinvent. This is their J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Mm. This is them. Okay. Relaunching the brand, relaunching the franchise, you'll because the it obviously has to happen five years after or so after Return of the Jedi, which is exactly where Heir to the Empire happens. Mm -hmm. But it has to happen with a Luke Skywalker that's in that range, right? And a Princess Leia and a Han Solo, and mm -hmm. I think what you're going to see happen is that if Disney goes this route. You're not going to see any of the original actors reprise their right. roles. If anything, you might see a Luke, uh, a Mark Hamill come in in a different role as a cameo appearance or something. Right. But Luke Skywalker is going to be played by someone else. Right. He's not going to be a digitally de-aged Mark. Right, Hamill. and that's where you know, as fans, we got goosebumps. You know, when we saw. Right. But that did you get Luke. goosebumps for, for Luke Skywalker or for Mark Hamill? Both. Okay. For me, it was both. Okay. It was knowing that it was him and, you know, he was there. Knowing that in this last season of Boba Fett slash Mandalorian, he wasn't there, right. but he was there. Didn't have, you know, like it was still that chilling effect, but then finding out that he hadn't been part of it right. was kind of like. or anything with him. Which right. disappointing. Right. But it looked really good. <laughs> but my question to you is, they're never going to get 
Well, they can't get Carrie Fisher. They can't get <laughs> Carrie Fisher, and they're never going to get Harrison Ford to come back to Star Wars. Right, and that's the thing is because they would have to basically do what they did with Luke is go back through hours upon hours of dialogue and pull out bits and pieces sure. and put it together. So do you spend all that time and money you, doing that? But you you can't. One is expensive. Two, you're never gonna you're gonna have to match your dialogue to that, which right. is never gonna that's, work. That's that's what I'm saying is that do you spend all that time and energy because you know that's, you know, a five year process for three characters. Right. Just a guess. So my versus question, find actors so my question is do you replace the actors for you the have characters to. you have to do i think because disney spent a king's ransom on star wars they're not going to just let it die on the vine right so they're going to bring in other actors to replace well, and that's the thing is because you can i'm sure there's somebody that looks close you know, well, certainly closer than who they had in Solo. <laughs> right. God. But that's the whole thing is you don't need them to be as old as how they were in. Well, and you I'm know, less concerned with age than I right, am. Right. But that's what I'm saying. That can you pull it off. Right. You saw in J.J. Abrams Star Trek, mm -hmm. you couldn't have found a better cast of actors that played. Right. They, they didn't come in to play the characters. They came in to do impersonations of the original actors playing the characters, and they pulled it off. Yeah, and that's the thing is because... The only problem you have with that is that's incredibly limiting to the actors that you bring in. Right. I'm asking you to come in to not be a character. I'm asking you to come in to be an actor being a character. Yes and no. And I don't think Star Wars fans are going to accept anything less than that. Hmm. But I could totally see you, you know, especially with, you know, and it doesn't even have to be a well-known actor to come in and, and play the part. Heck, you can even get Billy Lord to come in and and do well, Leia. Well, you, you could certainly do that from a tribute standpoint. Right. But she's also been in a number of, you know, she's been in all of the other Star Wars, you know, the, the more recent Star Wars movies anyway. So to have her come back and do Princess Leia would you know i don't know if it would work but i'm sure there's somebody else you know there that that looks like her you can certainly find you know uh, an actor who you know has the the mark hamill look and uh you know and a harrison ford you know uh, a younger harrison ford look uh you know as well and maybe that's where you know, Disney starts looking for that group of actors now to kind of, you know, mold them to get them ready. I, I don't know. I don't know. So let me throw. Uh, uh, here we go. Let me throw this one up. Let me take a look at this real quick. Okay. For our, our viewing audience uh, at home. So that's a side by side <laughs> of uh, Alden Ehrenreich. And Harrison Ford. They now I look... could see him doing more of a, a of a Luke Skywalker. He has more of that. Yeah, he looks more like Luke like Skywalker Luke than than Han Solo. Mm -hmm. But the problem that I think I had was less about his look. I can accept the fact that you're going to have a different actor because you're mm -hmm. not going to bring in him, right. Harrison Ford. He didn't act like him. Right. He didn't sound like him. He didn't right. have the same mannerisms of him. Right. He didn't have a similar voice to him. Nothing. There was literally you couldn't have gone out of your way to find somebody more different than ha than Harrison Ford to play this this mm -hmm. role. And it made no sense that you would have done that. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like Disney was deliberately trying to pull one over the, the fans. You know, mm -hmm. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's the only other fear that I have. Um, is that they're going to come in and they're they're going to well they're going to screw it up you know is that that they're going to try and reinvent the the franchise and screw it up. However, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm excited at the prospect of *Air to the Empire* becoming mainstream and legit. Um, until that happens, though, it's worth mentioning that there's a passable effort underway by a private fan to put his the, this story into an animated format on YouTube. If you want to look it up. I watched chapter one. That was all that was available at the time. 
And while it might be hard to get through the animation at times, the voice acting is actually really well done. So look forward to it. Uh, hopefully it's more than just rumors. And hopefully it's not Disney trying to really put a another axe in the Star Wars franchise here. So good talk, though. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about brains. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. I told you I was just going to throw it back at you. I was waiting to catch something. <laughs> um, so, are you a fan of The Walking Dead? Well, no. Well, you're probably not alone at this point in the franchise history. The concept of a post-apocalyptic world crawling with the undead seems to have kind of run its course in popular culture. Yet, The Walking Dead franchise continues to march on though to an inevitable conclusion at the end of season 11, or so we thought. So while it was announced already that Daryl and Carol were set to get their own spinoff... Sounds like a Bob Newhart special. Sure does, doesn't it? Now we, we found out that Maggie and Negan voted the two least likely characters in TV history to have a spinoff show together are now getting one. So with Daryl and Carol, you can see the chemistry and the stories that can happen between them. Whether it's a continuation of things after this final season of the flagship franchise, or even an attempt to go back and fill in some of the backstory of the time hops that continued, uh, continuing story of the pair works. But Maggie and Negan, that is kind of hard to see how that is going to work. We've seen these two characters interacting this uh, in this final season, and it's been kind of tough. There's understandable, uh, it's understandable that there's tension between the two, and some might even call it hatred. After all, Negan did go all Batman, <laughs> that's so horrible, on Maggie's husband, killing him in season seven, and something, you know, that one kind of tends to hold a grudge over. Um, but their interactions in this final season, up until Negan decided to go on a walkabout, seemed very forced and awkward. Um, you know, there were a bunch of different uh, uh, fans that even said that while they love the two characters, putting them together in all these scenes just didn't feel like it worked. Like, you would almost think that Maggie wouldn't even want to talk to him, that she would just kind of turn away. Um, so there was a, per, you know, there was predictable drama and tension, but it was also very, you know, too formulaic. Uh, there was little left between them to explain how they could wind up going off on their own adventure. However, it is worth noting that the season isn't over yet, and thankfully Negan is expected to return before the end of the season. So, the premise of this new show, titled Island uh, Isle of the Dead, is that Negan and Maggie wind up in Manhattan and it's a Manhattan that's been cut off from the mainland for some time. So from what's been reported is that the island has a unique ecosystem of zombies and humans that we've not seen before. 
Now, it's been hinted that scenes from the closing episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond, in which we see a supercharged zombie, similar to those found in the feature film World War Z, might be in play. In which case, they might have to rebrand the franchise The Running Dead. But that just, you know, doesn't have the same kind of ring to it. So the biggest challenge, so what's the biggest challenge with this whole concept is why? Why would Maggie team up with her husband's murderer? Why would Negan trust Maggie if he already if he already left knowing that things weren't likely to end well for him if he stayed? Why would you go to Manhattan? Why would Maggie give up Hilltop? Alexandria, and presumably her young son, Herschel, since there was no mention of him in the press release. And most importantly, why do we need another Walking Dead series? So very little has been revealed as far as the plot is concerned. Aside from the two protagonists and the destination, we learn very little about the world north of the hot and humid forest of Georgia. There are large organizational elements that arise from both World Beyond and Walking Dead that could contribute to the story, but have not been mentioned thus far in the new series. We don't know what forced Maggie or Negan to head north, though we kind of suspect that maybe something will be revealed by the end of season 11. Maybe Maggie is hunting Negan? That could be an interesting plot twist. We can speculate on what the story is going to be about, but it's kind of wishful thinking. So all we do know right now is that the first season of this new show is going to be a limited season, kind of like what they actually did when Walking Dead first premiered. It's only going to be six episodes. So there's not much story that they're going to really be able to tell. So there is hope that we might see a return to a more frightening type of zombie rather than the mild annoyance they seem to have turned into uh, from a plot standpoint. It's also possible this could be a setup uh, for the promised trilogy of movies starring Andrew Lincoln that we were promised back in 2018. What is clear is that it's going to take a serious amount of creative writing to make this pairing Um, and destinations seem kind of uh, make sense to the loyal viewers. One thing that is funny that came out after the announcement came out was Jeffrey Dean Morgan actually said that, whoops, hey, spoilers, I'm not going to die at the end of this season because I got a new one coming up. Sorry. So he was even kind of shocked that they had made the announcement before season 11 had even finished. Right, because they're usually very tight with the Right, and that's one of the things, too, is that, you know, even with Talking Dead, the talk show that comes on after, they never even give out a spoiler. Even while the episode is going on, they'll, you know, they might say, oh, we have a surprise guest. And that usually means whoever died, whoever died. But usually you never know. So now it's like, okay, so here's where we're going to kind of find out if something happens to Maggie and Negan at the end, then we know now this goes back, but it doesn't make sense because then you would think they would have been making references. Well, remember when we were in Manhattan together? Right. And they're not, they haven't said anything about this. So we definitely know. know, It's not a flashback sequence. Right, exactly. We definitely know this show is going to happen you know, in the future, it's well, not and there's going really back. no opportunity for them to have flashbacks because when Maggie shows up, right, and sees Negan, it's pretty obvious they haven't seen each other since she he beat the hell out of right. Him. So right. it's not like, oh, I haven't seen you since we went to that little bistro on right. Fifth Ave. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Seinfeld music, right? Exactly. So, you know, so supposedly this is slated, the Isle of the Dead is slated to premiere on AMC and AMC Plus in 2023. And just to give you the timeline of everything, so Fear the Walking Dead is actually still going on. They're in their seventh season. Then you had that limited season for two seasons of uh, Walking Dead World Beyond, 
We're also getting this summer a new series, which is uh, an anthology called Tales of the Walking Dead, which comes out this summer. And it's supposed to be new cast, but also some previous members. So again, not sure the, the timeline of how that comes through. Then obviously we have the um, Daryl and, and Carol, which is also and supposed to be, Darryl. right, which is supposed to be 2023. And then obviously the three films, which don't have a date right now either. So it's it's like, kind of like Star Wars. Let's just throw a yeah. whole lot of dead at you. Yeah, and it's all like, over the place. Right. And is it something where do we need to have this out there? Do we need another season of something or well, and is this it also the cash comes, cow? This also comes on the heels of the origins right. that they came out with of the six characters that they're talking about who are all getting their series. Right, who just happened to all be... Right, who just happened to all... And that was kind of funny, too, because that came out before... Like, we already knew about Daryl and Carol. Right. We, we knew that was coming, but again, we haven't really heard... They should what... they should name that series Daryl and Carol. Look at the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one where we don't know the timeline because right. there's so many gaps where yeah, there's so many time hops in there that you their relationship from one time hop to another has evolved tremendously when you see them interact again. Right. So their series could literally be backfilling some of that stuff. Right. Although when she goes off you know, you know, Long Island fisherman style and doesn't come back for a while. It's hard to have a series. Right. How do you have a series? Right. And I'm guessing maybe the, you know, they kind of go, you know what? Throughout the years, we've always, She kept coming back in the port, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, why don't we go off together? So then that kind of makes you also, because knowing right now, if you're currently watching season 11 of Walking Dead, you know that there's been a time hop. Right. So, and Carol and Daryl are both living in the Commonwealth, working in the Commonwealth right now. So, okay, does something go south in the Commonwealth? Are they still part of it? And now they're branching off. Is that where they're going? Right. And obviously we've, we know from the one teaser Things don't go well for Maggie in the Commonwealth at Hilltop. So is that where she, you know, is trying to do whatever to get to New York and she runs into Negan and that's how their little buddy show goes right. on? It's we're we know we're going to watch it. Right. Well, we know, you know, we, they've already announced that that Negan shows up again with a new group. Right. By the end of the season. Right. So I'm sure that's going to play into it. What I'm curious to know is you have right now they've only established two mega groups out there mm-hmm. between the civil authority and the Commonwealth. And the civil authority is obviously out west somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were featured, uh, they were mentioned in Walking uh, Fear the Walking Dead. They had uh, World Beyond. Obviously, they were heavily featured there. The Commonwealth was the comic-based one. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the comics wind up in the Commonwealth in another time hop later mm-hmm. on. I'm curious of either of these mega groups, and it's hard to believe that they wouldn't have influence over New York because mm. one of the destinations that they were trying to get to in um, World Beyond was in the state of New York. Right. So there has to be some kind of interplay there. You can't have organizations that large that don't touch other mm-hmm. other groups and have right. influence and stuff like right. that. Right. So I'm curious how they're going to interact and how, whether or not they're going to they're going to be surfacing in these other shows um cuz to be honest with you the, the most compelling plots that we've seen recently have been around these large shadowy mm-hmm. organizations. Right. I've kind of really grown tired of the interpersonal angst that goes on with 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 the individuals that are in here now that's the same plot lines over and over again mm-hmm. it seems the only thing that they're breathing any life into these shows with 
are these large organizations? Are they conspiracies? Are is there something deeper, darker? Is right, it a, right. What's know, their end agenda? Exactly. You know, like that's really where the future of this mm-hmm. whole thing has to go right, in right. order to, to, no pun intended, breathe some life into it. Um, but I hope that they do that, and it's not just, you know, more zombies in a couple of small communities on on Manhattan. Mm. You know, that would just that would really be a, a killer. Yeah. Killer. See, that was good. Keeping the theme going. You are, you are. So yeah, it it'll be interesting to to see, you know. And then it kind of makes you wonder, you know, has it been too long now for these movies with Andrew Lincoln? I I don't know how you'd make them fit in because if you read the comics, there's a very finite ending for Andrew Lincoln's character in the comics, and it's it's groundbreaking when it comes to the Commonwealth storyline. Right. So with him out of the picture, are they going to go that same route? And if they are, who's the replacement? Because the most likely replacement really is Daryl who stepped in. Right. And kind of, but you can't do that because he has a show coming up. Right. Because he's got a show. So. Because that role ultimately winds up with the character being killed. Right. So. I don't know how they're going to. And that's the thing is I think if they wanted to do the movies, they shouldn't have done any more series. Or right. I could see doing like World Beyond because that well, kind of set up. Unconnected. World Beyond right. and Fear the Walking Dead because they're happening in a different area. Right. What I could see with the Andrew Lincoln movies is that he becomes, he surfaces in the Commonwealth and you can pick up his storyline right. from there. Right, right. And then ultimately you you go the route that it has to go. But the last issue of the comic was centered around a character who's already dead. Right. So you can't you can't do that. You have to come up with a new ending. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see how they kind of pull it all, you know, together. And I think that's what was nice with Fear the Walking Dead was it was really kind of a standalone show. Right. You know, while they did end up getting some characters from original Walking Dead that that showed up, you didn't need to watch all of them to to make it all kind of right. Well, and run together. Have, what they have now with Walking Dead really is guided by the comics. Mm-hmm, right. There are elements that are suggested by the comics, but it really is a completely independent story right. from the and, comics right And now. that's the thing is, in the beginning, it was very... Right. You know, like every now and then there was something that was a little different, but it was like, nope, this happened in the comic, or, you know, the governor wasn't as mean and nasty. He was actually charming versus in the comic he was just a dirt bag to you know begin with you know so there were different things so you know when various things happened in the show people that were fans of the comics weren't surprised you know so and then it kind of went a certain way where they needed to change it up so that they could surprise everybody and you know you start killing characters off you're gonna you're gonna surprise everybody yep so we'll see where it goes Mm mm-hmm so we're going to take another break. We're going to come back with our convention recap. We'll be right back. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. Kept you guessing there, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> you didn't know where it was going to go. I was one. just kind of like, deer in headlights. <laughs> I'm waiting. 
So, our convention recap. It is convention season. Woohoo! We, we have a number of them lined up. We've gone to a couple already, a little couple little ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest one we've gone to has been Zolocon. Gotta milk that for all it's worth. Yeah, I don't get to really do it again until next year. Yeah, next year now. So, we did go to Zolocon. Uh, I'm going to talk about it real quick. We're going to show some of the uh, things that we did pick up while we were there. And we do have a little uh, video recap of that as well that we sure. can talk over. Um, so Zolocon was the sci-fi fantasy expo we went to. It's billed as the largest comic and toy expo in Bucks County. Not exactly a appeal to the larger <laughs> world, but hey, even the tri-state area, it, it, it works. So around uh, from Saturday, March 5th to Sunday, March 6th. We attended the show on Sunday ourselves. We we tend to be a late uh, late show group, just in case there are some deals. Um, and that's usually what it is. We go we go on the last day of the show so we can get the deals because most of the vendors don't want to carry the stuff home. Right. So the attraction, uh, it's been it has been continu- continues to be one of the vendor centric shows that are that are out there. Uh, it's a great place to find collectibles from as far back as the fifties and sixties, right up until the present time. In fact, they had one of the, uh, robots that a friend of our, ours, Dan was looking at for a friend of his. It was from the 1960s. Oh, wow. That was, a that high price ticket item. Oh, was, okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, there was a limited slate of guests, mostly consisted of, uh, artists, local artists and cosplayers. Mm-hmm. Really aren't any panels they do or right. signings or photo ops or anything there, but we didn't expect that. Uh, tons of vendors, and they're varied and unique from pops to Legos to classic toys to new toys to everything that's out there. Some homemade stuff, too. Yep. Uh, you a lot know. of craft stuff was mm-hmm. going on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did have a costume contest on Sunday, but we didn't stick around for that. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about the venue, dear? So the venue. So the expo is held at what used to be... Uh, what has to be the coolest venue that we have ever had the pleasure of attending. It is the Fugue in Warminster, Pennsylvania. It's an old decommissioned centrifuge that was used during NASA's early days and as a research and test facility for the Air Force. The main hall of the expo is housed in a circular centrifuge room that still has the massive boom and gondola, which is just cool. Upstairs, you can check out the Cold World, the Cold War Era control room on your way to another exhibition hall. And the place is just dripping with history and just fun to experience. So the experience itself, you know, to say that people are are desperate for a return to conventions would be an understatement. Uh, The vendors that I was able to interact with were tended to be far more engaging Mm -hmm. than they normally are. They were infinitely more polite, especially for a convention this close to Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, they were very appreciative for any business. I even had guys that I was talking to, and it was just a general interest in what they were selling and and you know their their business and stuff like that. And I didn't buy anything, and they weren't pushy. They were still very polite. They were just happy to be engaging with people for a right. change, which was nice. Right, right. Um, even the people that I was bumping into in the crowd were far more apologetic than they were angry like they usually are mm-hmm. when they're out there. Yeah. So it was it was nice. Uh, but you know, ton, tons of vendors. Uh, but they pack them in pretty efficiently there. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room in the aisles. You usually don't have a lot of elbow-to-elbow right. situations, which was nice because we're still, we're still in a pandemic environment mm-hmm. here. So it's nice that you're not you know rubbing up against people mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. Uh, prices were reasonable, though there were a few vendors out there who were clearly trying to exploit the current environment. Uh, one particular vendor had a Return of the Jedi, uh, vintage Return of the Jedi uh, Nikto card, uh, card at Nikto that he was selling for $150. It was probably a medium grade by the look of it. Uh, was not graded, but that's kind of condition that it was in. Uh, it would have demanded somewhere in the upper 80s. So the guy was really asking a lot. Um, it was my first clue. So I looked at a few other vintage Star Wars items that he had there. And that's really what I'm into now. If I can't find something that's Darth Vader, I try to find something that's classic vintage 1980 to, to 83 style. I don't even want to go Return of the Jedi too much. But that's the era that I'm looking at. 
Um, and he was basically doubling the asking price mm-hmm. for all this stuff. Uh, I had another vendor there who had uh, the Lego Star Destroyer, the big one. Mm-hmm. Not the big, big one, but the, the medium-sized The medium-sized one. one. And that's still available retail for mm-hmm. $6.99. Well, the guy was asking $1,200 for it. But he would generously let it go for as low as five hundred. Mm. So you know, vendors that think they're cutting you a deal when they ask some ridiculous price and then they cut it in half or more to bring it down to something that's reasonable, they're really people that are just looking for suckers at that mm-hmm. point. In time. Right, right. Uh, a lot of the vendors, and you have them, they're not all that bad, but there are vendors right. that play that seventy thirty rate. You know, seventy percent of the people are going to go to these shows; they know what they're doing. Right. 30% are just wild and they're going to shell money out for anything that they think is unique and that mm-hmm. they can't find. Right. And that's really what this guy was going for. He was going for that 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from a few exceptions, everyone else I dealt with was very reasonable. They're all willing to negotiate. I One guy, the one guy I, I, I had uh, ordered the one Darth Vader from, didn't even want to negotiate. I'm like, he's like, he had a listed price on there. I asked him for a listed price. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And, you know, wasn't even a matter of haggling at that point. Right, right. Um, how, tell us about your experience. How did how did you deal with? Something? Yeah, for for the most part, the the vendors that I dealt with were you know very personable. And what was funny was there was one person I kind of felt bad that I didn't buy something from her because she was just so nice. Because we were talking about my my um uh jersey that I was wearing, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome!" And I said, "Yeah, my husband's wearing one too." And you know, I ordered them from him, and she was like, "Oh, do you know the name of the company?" So I was like giving away the name of you know the the vendor of who I bought my jersey from, and you know, we were talking about Disney and and various things with that. So you know, again, just happy to talk to somebody. And I even went back, and she was selling some of the Darth Vader stuff that I was texting you about. I'm like, "Do you have this? You have this? Do you want this?" Because I felt yeah. I was like. Oh, want to buy something from her just because she was so nice and i ran into a couple of people that you know saw my outfit and we started commenting on on each other's outfits and then i think the one person that i talked to ended up seeing you a couple minutes later she goes oh you must be married to that haunted mansion (laughs) so you know so again just everybody was friendly you know nobody was really um, it was nice. It was refreshing to yeah. get out finally and have, have people. Right. And the it. one vendor who I did end up buying from, I've bought from him over the years. Um, he, I think one of my first um, Doctor Who shirts actually came, you know, from him. And we have a bunch of different artwork from him, too. So it was nice to see him again. And I said, oh, yeah, I happen, you know, he asked, oh, do you follow me on Facebook? And I said, yeah, I think I do because I saw that you were going to be here. So it was nice to, to run into him. So so let's highlight a couple of the things. We sure. let's, start, let's start with yours there. Let me cut over to that camera sure. shot there. So tell us what we have here. So this is, and I'm guessing it's probably the same people that are there every, uh, at most of the conventions. Um, Basically, they sell customized uh, Lego figures. They make their own, so they're not, you know, real Legos people. Um, But they always have a great variety of characters from you know, horror movies. They do the, the Disney ones, they, uh, Marvel, DC, horror, Harry Potter, um, you name it. There's probably, they even Stan Lee happens to be one. Um, so from another convention we had gone to, I have a a little Stan Lee. Um, so I have my little, um, zombie, uh, Hawkeye. We have zombie Scarlet Witch. Then we have, uh, zombie, Doctor Strange, then we have the ghost from Scream, and we have Beetlejuice. So okay. kind of goes with my horror theme that I I like. Um, I know we've gotten the um, the gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity yeah. Gauntlet. Uh, so I have that downstairs on my desk. Yeah. So and five dollars a piece. So yeah. you know you can't beat them because even you can't get Lego. Uh, figures for for that much and you know so and they're cute and they're well made you know they fit just like you know your regular little lego pieces so what else you got there so this was uh one of the vendors 
he sold a lot of, I don't know, what, what would you, like, 60s art postery sure. type things. I'm, so what's this one we got? So this is, it was just kind of interesting because it was Frankenstein's monster and the Bride of Frankenstein. And it was kind of in a 50s style biker you know, because okay. you always say that you want a motorcycle. And since our, you know, wedding anniversary is on Halloween, kind of goes with our little, you know, theme of the two of us. So okay. we, uh, you know, so I, you know, if there's ever anything of that, you know, I, I kind of get it because it's kind of like us. Okay. Um, and then the, the artist that I was talking about, um, he does uh, some cool uh, comic-y artwork little, little so agent carter there yeah so here's agent carter and then for, and i apologize to our listening audience most of the stuff we're doing now was obviously visual right um and then for our daughter this was one of the um the dinosaurs the the show that was on abc which now you can see on disney plus was one of the shows that we okay. went back and started watching so she's a fan so you know so some so, stuff from so, like 90s pop okay. uh you know pop culture and so it was an artwork uh grab for for yeah. you and her yeah yeah so you want to grab a couple of mine there sure. we'll take a look so at we'll those do the the big artwork so that was my what's it a lenticular i think it's i think so so ooh. so it's the portrait changing ooh. vader to the battle damage vader which was really cool yeah so that's that and was that really guy cool. was incredibly yes gracious, and this was you know? one was a 15 piece that the guy thought you know it was like i handed him 1500 right and this guy this was one of the guys that i saw before you did yes. and i was like oh my husband would love that but he always says oh, i have no more room for artwork and what did you do you you bought it i well, was I like still to find a place for Right. Too. But I felt really good that you bought it because I knew you were going to like it. And, yeah. you know, you made the guy's day giving him a sale. And then this was a this actually was a new piece that came out that I saw that I went and did a little research after. It's, it's oh, OK. Relatively rare, actually. Oh, OK. So that was our uh, um, uh, cave, evil cave on D Degaba, uh, Degaba. Yeah. Oh, OK. So with uh, Luke, Vader and uh, and uh, Yoda. Yoda in there so, so that, that was, was that was the french version of it oh that's what that one was yep okay. yep it's luke with an attitude and this last one that we had was actually i have the matching one with darth maul already over on the side here okay uh this was the standalone darth vader the hasbro darth vader from the uh action collection from the 90s okay uh which i think i actually have the figure but unboxed okay. so i wanted to get the box version this one I actually paid up a little on i paid about eh, five to eight bucks more than than it probably i could have gotten it for but you know it was one of those things that it was worth it you know right it's, right these guys needed the money they, they needed a little bit of a little bit of help with the pandemic and everything right, so right you know i don't have any problem you know paying a little bit more to keep the conventions going and mm -hmm. to keep these vendors going and Right, right. You know, we, it's really something that we enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So that was what we found there. Mm -hmm. um, what do we have for upcoming conventions? Tell us about that. So uh, the week, the weekend of April 8th through the 10th at the Philadelphia Convention Center will be Fan Expo. Now, this is the company that took over Wizard World. We have not been to a Fan Expo yet. I have a friend who did Fan Expo. I guess it was out in Denver. Okay. Um, but I don't know if he, they had ever done Wizard World. So, uh, you know, he hard had a good to, time. To compare, then. Right. So it was kind of like I wanted his input, but I wasn't really sure. Well, if you haven't been to this, how does this compare? You know, but he had a good time. So, you know, we we didn't buy tickets in advance. I think we're going. I know we kind of talked about I, it. I think we have to go at this point. Right. So <laughs> we have to we have we'll to go. Right off as a business expense. For right. The um. So uh, Friday is from four to nine. Saturday is uh ten to seven, and Sunday is ten to five. Um. Single day tickets are if you buy them advance. I don't know how what the time frame is. They were originally going for thirty seven in advance. 
and 47 uh, the day of. I don't know if they're doing anything where you can buy the tickets. You know, if you have to buy them online, obviously a lot of the pandemic stuff has been lifted. Philadelphia doesn't require um, masks anymore. They don't require vaccination cards anymore. So I'm not sure yet, you know, because everything's kind of changing. So that's probably one of those things. If you're in the area, you're thinking about going, you probably want to go to the website to to double check what's going on. And then we have some bad news, actually. Yeah. So one that we were actually kind of looking forward to, to going, um, again, was a, a new uh, group of uh, conventions that we had just started going to, which is all part of the Jersey Shore comic book show. Uh, that was where we had found out about NerdFest and went to that a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we had just found out when we were putting together the show uh, that the Mid-State Comic Con, which was supposed to be held uh, in Delaware has actually now been canceled. So that was supposed to be the same weekend as um, Fan Expo, but only Saturday. That unfortunately has been canceled. They don't have a date as to um, rescheduling. So it's it's just uh, done. So that that was kind of, you know, a little upsetting. Again, seeing so many conventions starting to come back. Um, obviously, um, it'll be nice to see. I don't think there's been anything posted yet about the Greater Philadelphia um, uh, Comic Con. That was another favorite right, of ours. Right. So hopefully, you know, once we see how Fan Expo goes, maybe you know some of the other ones will will start coming back. We know, um, you know, a couple of the smaller ones, they're the ones that that have been coming back. Right. So. Right. So we'll keep you posted, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we'll have a couple more for the next show to, to go yep. over. Uh, but I think that was it for today. Before we do go, though, I want to once again uh, invite our listening and viewing audience to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the audio version listed as Insights into Entertainment. Both video and audio is available listed as Insights into Things. We're available on Pandora, Castro. Uh, Stitcher, Podbean, pretty much any place you can get a uh, podcast these days. Uh, I would also invite you to write in, give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at insights underscore things. We do stream five days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insightsintothings. You can find us on Facebook at insightsintothingspodcast. You can also find high-res versions of our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash insights into things. You can find us on Instagram under insights into things. Or you can find everything and much more on our official website at www.insightsintothings.com. And that's it. Another one on the books. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.